so we continue to explore the letter Paul writes to the Philippian church. Today we're looking at Philippians 4. We're focusing on verses 1 to 9, and I will just read through it. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for, my joy and my crown, stand firm in the Lord. Dear friend, I plead with Eudonia, and I plead with Sintaki to be of the same mind in the Lord. Yes, I ask you, my true companions, help this woman, since they have been contending on different sides for the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers, whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord. I say again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident in all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests before the Lord. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, practice it and the Lord, the God of peace, will be with you. We are again looking at the letter that Paul writes to the Philippians from prison. We know that at this time, Paul is in the prison in Rome. He is going through a difficult time. He's writing to the church, mainly if you look at the whole chapter, he's talking about thanking them for their generosity and their support for him. We also know that in the whole of the chapter, he's encouraging them based on what he's hearing from some of the brothers outside In this particular verse, he's talking about Epaphroditus um, as he talks about to the people. In this chapter, we see Paul give counsel on issues that people are struggling with. He talks about unity and talks about trusting God. Remember that we're talking about Paul himself, who is in a very difficult place. He's in prison. This cannot be, be easy because we know that Paul is an educated, highly educated, privileged person who has got a very good background. He, in the past, has prosecuted Christians and done so many things. And we talk about a man that then has an amazing encounter with Jesus. He meets with Jesus, and he is the first, first disciple to actually get the revelation that Jesus has come, not just for the Jews, but for the Gentiles. He carries a huge vision of Christianity where it's not just a group of people that get the privilege of God, but then another class of people, a second class of people, get the privilege of God. Paul has dreams. He has vision to spread the, the, the power and the, the word of Jesus around the world. But we also know that at this time he's in a completely different place. He's in prison. A prison is a place 
where vision and dreams are not accomplished. So he bears the question. We ask ourselves, how do we, or better still, how did Paul handle the gap between the place of vision, the place of dreams that God has given him, and the place of prison? The gap is huge, completely different from what he was told, completely different from what he believed God was calling him to. He is definitely the best person to listen to how he channels this. Because we find when we look into scripture, that is not just the vision that matters or accomplishing the vision. It's what we do between the two. We see what Paul shares when he's talking about the difference between the dream and the reality of the of Paul as a person at this time. He says in verse 4 to 7, Rejoice in the Lord always. I say again, rejoice. I love that he says, Be anxious about nothing, but in everything, by prayer, petition, with thanksgiving, present your request before God. Paul is telling us that actually, when there is a gap between what we've been told, what we've dreamt of, what God has given us, that beautiful vision or dream, and the reality, the first thing we do is we pray. Paul says that we pray, but there are also different ways that we pray. Paul talks about praying, petition. He talks about thanksgiving. But ultimately, what he's saying is, whatever form your prayer is, you're bringing that request before the God, the God who is able to serve and to believe and to bring to pass everything that he has spoken over us. As, is, as Paul is believing in himself. And then he says, but when we have truly brought these things before God, the peace of God that passes all understanding keeps our heart and our mind in prayer. What is Paul saying? The first thing you do is pray. How you pray can be very different. It can be in worship. It can be in praise. It can be in petition. It can be in different forms. Thanksgiving. But you pray. You pray to the one that has given you the vision and has given you the dream. And then he goes on in verse 8. He says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, he says, think about such things. I think what Paul is telling us is that when we are in a journey between our reality and our vision, there is a posture that we are supposed to have. What do we think about? How do we process what we're going through? He's saying, my brothers and sisters, praying alone is not going to solve it. Praying alone will not get you from your struggle to your miracle. He says the way that we carry ourselves, the posture, how we handle this. In fact, I will push the people that we surround ourselves with at that time matters. He, though in prison, he constantly is communicating with the church of God. He's constantly talking about the things he's receiving from the brothers, the things that he's receiving from the sisters. We can see that he's getting visits from people of God. What are we saying? After we have prayed, the time between what we're expecting from God and the expectation being accomplished 
is really key. It reminds me of the story of Daniel when he prayed. The Bible talks about the prayer taking a, t- a few days, 21 days, to get to be answered. But he talks about what happens in the spirit realm. And these we are not privy to. But what we know is that the God who promises us is able to bring to pass the things that he has promised us. How does this affect us practically? There are things that we are told, whether it's you're believing that God is promised to do something for you, and you're in a place where it looks barren because it's not happening. Whether you're in a place that you're thinking, actually, I'm not feeling well, but God's word says something. Whether you're saying, I'm looking at the scripture, I'm giving, I'm fasting, I'm doing all that I know to do, but still, I'm still struggling financially. Paul is a man that knows exactly what he feels like when we believe God for something and what we are seeing is not the same. He's telling you, he's telling me, he's telling us that during that time, let us continue to focus on the God that is able to accomplish that which he has promised. Let us know that the God who promises us is the all-powerful, all-knowing God. The Bible says that the earth is the Lord's, the fullness thereof. I think that God we serve is able to do more abundantly, as the Bible says, what, of what we ask or think. What do we do with this? We look at ourselves personally and we say, what is it that I'm looking to God for? I can start from a place of prayer. Then we say, how do I then posture myself whilst I'm waiting for God to bring this to pass? We see Paul's example. He says the things that we think about, the things that we connect ourselves to, the people that we connect ourselves to matter. And we leave the rest to God. Those are the only two things that the scripture requires of us, that God requires of us. If you think, well, I'm still, I've seen, I've seen what my vision is. I've seen what God has promised us to do. This is where we can be family. Is there someone around you? Is there someone in your huddle? Is there someone in your church? Is there even someone in your family who you think, actually, I can stand by them whilst they're in the in-between moment? Is there someone that you know that is going through an in-between moment that you can stand with in a place of prayer, that you can be that encouragement to them, that you can share how you have handled those times? The reality of it is we will all go through a time of in-between. It's how we handle those times that matter. Let us have a pause and a think about this. Allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to us, but also sometimes allowing him to speak through us so that we and the people around us can have the privilege of seeing visions and dreams fulfilled. Let us pray. Father, we thank you because all our lives are in your hands. Wherever we are, you are the God who was, who is, who forever will be. You are the God who never changes. You are the God who has all the power, all the might 
to stand for us and to stand with us. And Lord, as we reach to you today for the many ways that we are struggling, for the many ways that we see dreams unfulfilled, visions unaccomplished, we reach out to you today and we ask that you touch us as individuals, you touch us as a body, and you do in us all that only you can do. But Father, we go a step beyond that today. We say, Lord, help us to handle the in-between in a way that is gracious, that you have created us to be people of glory. We can shine, whether we're in the beginning of the journey, in the middle of the journey, or at the end of the journey. Father, we ask for this and much more from you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.